Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Colin, the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ. And this is Dan Spaeth. He's one of our elders. And here at Central Church of Christ, it's our mission to be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. If you'd like to learn more about what that means, I want to encourage you to head over to our website at www.churchvictoria.com. This is our Wednesday evening conversation through the law and the prophets where we open up the Old Testament, we move through the narrative and the text, and we see how it impacts us today as the church and how it how that text connects to Jesus. Um, if you're listening to this on the Heart and Hands podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and you have the bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. And if you're watching this on Facebook, make sure to like and share. That really helps us out. And make sure to comment down below. Um, if this ministry has blessed you or you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, I want, I want to encourage you to head over to that website. At the top of the page, we have a donate button that uh, take, will take you to PayPal and you can partner with us as we seek to teach and preach the gospel. Uh, we're going to pray and get into the lesson. Again, church, thank you so much for joining us. We're going to be in Exodus 18 tonight. That's Exodus chapter 18. I'm excited to get into it. Uh, brother, why don't we pray and get going? Father in heaven, we uh, we stand in awe of your power and your majesty and your glory. Uh, we uh, we understand, Father, how, how special it is to have a relationship with you that came because of the obedience of your son and his willingness to die for us. Father, we know that our salvation and our the opportunity for salvation is totally on you, and and we need to be faithful and be obedient to you. And we thank you for that, Father. We ask this evening, Father, that you would that you would touch our hearts, that you would lead us and guide us into the, into an understanding of of text and truth, so that we can be everything that you envision us and is, and and need us to be. Father, we know you have a plan in every one of our lives. We know that, and we know that. Uh, that we have an opportunity tonight to study some things that maybe will will move that plan along in each one of our lives. We thank you for that opportunity. Bless us, Father, tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, so we're going to be in Exodus chapter 18. I'm excited to get into this tonight. Before we do, Dan, you know, you've been working in ministry for how long? Since I was about 30. I'm, you know, I'm 70 now, 31, something like that. So going on 40 years going on 40 years <clears throat> on that's different things i was doing you know early on was not as what i'm doing now but it was you know still in ministry yeah you know so from the last the last uh statistic i looked at for you know ministers elders that type of thing is usually they don't last more than five years mm -hmm. you've been in almost 40 years mm -hmm. what's i mean that's that would be a success by any measure what what's what's kept you in it you know, why haven't you burned out as so many have before? Well, I've burned down a few times. Okay. I've burned down a few times. Not burned out, but just burned down a little bit. And, uh, you know, it's uh, had good people around me, had people around me that uh, that uh, I listened to. I think that was part of it. Um, you know, just, you know, we've got a, a, a good group of guys now that, uh, yeah, I've learned how to pace myself and uh, learned, you know, what I can do, what I can't do. Uh, you know, I just, I guess, I, you know, I guess God's blessed me and, and given me a, a stamina, I guess. I don't know what it is. I have no idea. You know, you just get up every day and you know what, what God's called you to do and you just go do it. Um, not anybody special. There's a lot of people that, you know, Bobby Fudge was, was in it a lot longer than I had. You know, the only thing that burned him down was he got old. He got old and couldn't do it anymore. That was, you know, that's what happens to a lot of us. You know, you get old and can't do it anymore. You know, Roy was, was, a, was a, 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 he was a dynamo, man. You know, just work, 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 work all the time. And uh, and God took him. You know, just, I mean, one day he was here and the next day he was, you know, he was gone. So, but I mean, it, it, uh, uh, 
I think God has to be in charge. I think you have to let him be in charge and he's going to do what with you. Like I was praying, you know, God's got a plan in all of our lives. Whether we fulfill that plan or not is whether we're going to listen to him or not. Whether we're going to do what he tells us to do. When he sends counsel in our lives, are we going to listen to that counsel? Sometimes we're too, we're too immature, too arrogant, and won't listen. Uh, I still have that problem sometimes that I'm not willing to listen. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's tough for me to listen to you because you're young and immature. And, but, you know, I, I, I value your, your counsel. You know, I value what you say. That's why I came to you a while back and said, pay attention to me. You know, I can feel things are going south. And, and you said, why are you asking me? That's what <laughs> yeah. you said. And I said, because I trust you. I trust you're going to tell me what I don't want to hear. You know, if I need to, if I need to sit down and shut up, you're going to tell me sit down and shut up, you know, not in an ugly way, but in a way that, and I think that's what has to happen in people's lives. Otherwise you can't do this. I think in a parent's life, I said, you, sometimes you need a break. You just need somebody just to come in and babysit for a bit and just give you a break. I think that's, I think yeah. all of us need that. I think especially looking at, looking at it, comparing it to parenting, right? So oftentimes, you know, God is our father and he, he uses that kind of model to teach us, you know, yeah, there are days where. I'm burnt out, you know, mm -hmm. we're, so we just recently decided we are going to homeschool. We're going to start homeschooling next year, our third kids. So we're going to have all three home next year. Mm -hmm. Um, I just dealt with that dynamic this past summer. We actually had a, had a foster placement at the time as well. Mm -hmm. And it burned me out having yeah. all four of them, having yeah. all four of them at the same time, you know, and when you get to that stage, even little things just totally blow up yeah. your world when, when it's really not that big of a deal, yeah. you know, and that's one of the, one of the benefits to, to, you know, Jess coming home and, and more staying home now and not working full time is, you know, now she's there to help me. So mm -hmm. we're homeschooling we're doing all this stuff. We're, we're looking forward to a foster placement, uh, Lord willing. And so we're, we're looking at all this stuff and her being home and not working full time has been such a blessing in that regard because we can trade off. Mm -hmm. We don't, we're not. Well, it's like what I said, Cole. I mean, God's got a plan for our lives. I think a text like this can help a lot of people, not just not just a, someone in leadership, but someone, you know, you know, all of us in some form or another are leaders in some way or another. A mom's leading at home. Dad's leading at home. You know, I mean, somebody's leading on the job. I mean, you may be leading one guy. You know, you may have have a responsibility. There's only one guy that will even listen to you and you're leading that one guy. But but sometimes it can get overwhelming because it's it's uh, it can be dealing with train wrecks can make train wrecks you know yeah. it just can and uh, you know i think you know jethro is going to come along here and gonna i'm gonna save moses i don't think this was by accident i think god sent him there say you need to slow down a little bit you need to back off you need this is what you need to do and i think it probably saved moses at a time when moses needed saving didn't realize it mm. and so god came in in the picture and sent sent jethro to him so you know it's a good text and i think it's applicable to all of us well, let's get into okay. it. So chapter 18, Exodus chapter 18. Now Jethro, the priest of Midian. It's a priest of what? Priest of Midian. Who's Midian? You tell him. <laughs> Go ahead okay, tell him. so Midian is one of uh is is one of the Abrahamic tribes, one of the sons of Keturah. Mm -hmm. So this was after Abraham, so after Sarah died, mm -hmm. Abraham married Keturah mm -hmm. and had loads and loads, loads and loads, and loads of, of more kids. And remember, he's a hundred He's a hundred and something. He was a hundred years old when he had Isaac. Right. Yes. Okay. And, and so was, we're moving on from there. So this was, he was probably around 120, I want to say. Yeah. He was, he was, he was pretty old, you know, anyway. So yeah, I'm 70 and the thought of that scares me to death. Had loads of children through Keturah. And so 
that Jethro is is a descendant of Abraham. He's just not one of Israel's children, right? Yeah. So it, you had no Abraham, one, yes. Isaac, Jacob, who got his name changed to Isaac Israel. Isaac was the promised son. Isaac was a, was a seed line that all of it came through. He wasn't of that seed line. Right. He was of a different. He was of the seed line of Abraham. Yes. But not of the seed line through Isaac. Right. That came from Isaac. That's that is absolutely correct. So because he, he said, "Through your seed, all nations will be blessed." And that includes Jethro, who is not part of. Well, and what we see here with Jethro, so he's a priest from the tribe of Midian, of the tribe of Midian, mm -hmm. but he's a priest to what God? Well, God. He's a priest of God. Priest That's of right. God. Yeah. He's absolutely a priest yeah. of God. Absolutely. And there's church. There's a there's an abundance of archaeological evidence that indicates that the the Israel tribe was not the only tribe that worshipped God. Yeah. And this should not be surprising abraham had loads of kids loads of kids and i find it very hard to believe that he didn't impart some of his religion some of his oh, i mean oh all on. of his children remember in exodus uh 17 when they did circ when god instituted circumcision it was for all of his children that's exactly right not just isaac no ishmael had to be circumcised all these kids had to be circumcised so it's highly likely that all of this was passed down to all of his children mm -hmm. even though god was his planning to work through specifically isaac and eventually jacob and mm -hmm. his sons yeah so he is a priest of Midian from the tribe of Midian, <laughs> and he is a priest of god and we shouldn't be surprised about this no. god cares about all people not just one set of people. If you if you forget that, go read the book of Jonah again. All right, so he's a priest of Midian and father-in-law of Moses, heard everything God had done for Moses and for his people Israel, and how the Lord had brought Israel out of Egypt. After Moses had sent away his wife Zipporah, his father-in-law Jethro received her and her two sons. One son was named Gershom, for Moses said, I have become a foreigner in a foreign land. And the other was named Eleazar, for he said, my father's God was my helper he saved me from the sword of pharaoh you know talk about talk about the importance of naming your children and speaking into their lives a little mm -hmm, bit mm -hmm. um have you have you looked at some of the names that people are naming their children today i can't pronounce some of them <laughs> I, I don't know i don't know where where that comes from i mean uh, you know i mean you know you know i don't i'm not i don't either but i i look at how these how we how they named children during this time you know isaac he laughed you know sarah laughed abraham laughed <laughs> yeah. everybody was laughing nobody thought god was actually gonna do what he's yeah. gonna do uh -huh. and then isaac gets named he laughed what a reminder to those parents yeah. right yeah so the importance of these these names for these kids it's, it's always been really interesting so in verse five jethro moses's father-in-law together with moses sons and, and wife came to him in the wilderness where he was camped near the mountain of god Jethro had sent word to him, I, your father-in-law Jethro, am coming to you with your wife and her two sons. So Moses went out to meet his father-in-law, bowed down and kissed him. They greeted each other and then went into the tent. Moses told his father-in-law about everything the Lord had done to Pharaoh and the Egyptians for Israel's sake and about all the hardships they had met along the way and how the Lord had saved them. It's interesting that that's his perspective. So not so much that these people are a stiff-necked people and they're not listening no, or they're not... No. No, that's not how he sees them. That's not how an elder in the Lord's church sees sees the church. I mean, they may be they may just as be as, as cantankerous and and hard to deal with, and you know, most time like chasing around and trying to round up cats, man. You know, but but you see them as God's church. Mm. You don't see them that that way. You don't see them as as a difficulty. You see them as a blessing and still God's church, even though when there's problems. 
You know, I mean, that, that's a that's a hard concept for people to understand because you, you look at it and say, how, how do you not hold a grudge against it? Because you can't. It's not your people. It's God's people. You know, I mean, they are going to do what they're going to do. They did, they did it to this guy. They did it to Jesus. Why, why do I think they're not going to do it to us, to all of us who, who lead in that capacity? Sure. Or even leading in some kind of ministry. Well, I think to some degree, too, you know, there's if, looking at it from a, a semi-worldly perspective, right? There's this expectation that, oh, well, y'all are Christians, so everything should be perfect. You know, my no. sermon this past Sunday, which was a lot long, long, by the time this airs, a lot, quite a few Sundays back, I said, you know, we're at church, we're a family. Mm-hmm. And if any of you have family, you know just how vicious we can be one to another. Yeah, I mean, I mm-hmm. it, that's that's the dynamic. We don't stop being human just because we're in Christ. Now, Christ comes in and cleans a lot of it up. He makes it possible for us to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you said, we've got to lean into that a lot. Yeah. So there's this expectation that Christians are just going to, are kind of got to be perfect. You have to let the spirit change your mindset. You really do. Let, the, let, the, let yourself look at it through the eyes of the spirit. And when you do that, you know, you start to see people from a different perspective. That's you right. see them the way God sees them. Not the, the deeply. I'm not talking about hearts and stuff. But you start to see them as lost sheep. You start to see them as people who are in need of a, of a, of a, of a guide. Of a savior. Of a savior. And then, you know, you know you can't be their savior, but you can step in and, and help guide them and, yeah. and train them. You know, and, and it hurts you. Not as bad as it hurts God, but it hurts you when they won't do any what you, you know. It hurts me when I, when I uh, come to church on Sunday. And I know there are people that uh, that claim allegiance to Christ and claim allegiance to God. And the only time you ever see them is on Sunday morning. You know, now I don't know anything going on other than that. But, you you know, and, and, you, know I, you know, I know you said a while back, said, don't be afraid to come back. Don't be ashamed. Come back. You know, after, you know, well, it, it hurts me to know that there's so much else going on here. That can that can elevate people and make them feel comfortable, make them feel good, and and really helping them with their problems. Coming to church on Sunday is not the way the way to get it. Well, you're not going to build community just showing up on Sunday. No, you're and not. The church is a community. It's a yeah. community of believers. We commune together. Every we commune specifically on Sunday together. But then, is that communal true? If the only time you're showing up is Sunday, is that communal true? If you never walk through the doors at all? Well, it's still true, but maybe not for you. It's still true. It, you know, this is still a community. This is still a family. You know, and it and it's very tight knit. You know, I have I had a lot, I have an opportunity that, to go to lunch with with a couple of guys Friday. Maybe we we're going to see if it's going to work. You know, and and it's a and it's kind of a, it's a little group that will and it's going to be fun, man. You know, it's going to be fun. You went to see somebody with Dan Marshall the other day. I mean, that's, that can be a real pleasure. Y'all going to go to John L's uh, place to camp with all the kids. You know, that's going to be a great place where the kids can see that community thing. So, you know, anyway. We need to well, it's, it's, so, it's so important, this community, and to be a part of it and to come and, and join in it. Um, it takes more than just, I'm going to show up for an hour one yeah. day a week. Yeah. You know, it, take, it, take, yeah. it does take more than that. I mean, I'm looking forward to, to coming to, to come in this evening. I mean, we got I mean, class this evening. We got some people coming from the community that have been coming for a while to my class. And, you know, we do stuff like this. We do stuff like this because it was necessary. This, But this was never supposed to replace no. community. It's it's hard. If you're out there watching, you understand. It's hard to have community with a screen. Yeah, it is. It's it really is. hard. So yeah. so this is a good, good stopgap. This was good as in an emergency situation. But don't don't try to build community with the screen. No. If you're here local and you can, please come. Yeah, please absolutely. come. Absolutely. Um, 
We'll try to do everything we can to make you feel safe, make you feel comfortable. So in verse 9, Jethro was delighted. You know, it's interesting. He's not bashing the sheep, right? And that's so important because if we get thinking about that for a second, if we get into that mindset, I, I promise you, I've talked to minister after minister after minister who's burn, who's getting to that point where they're burned out and the, your perspective changes about the people around you. You know, if I have somebody jump me in the hallway, and I've talked about this a lot in the last few sermons, um, if I have somebody jump me in the hallway, my response is not, what a jerk. Yeah. My response is, first of all, I want to listen because maybe they have something, maybe they have some truth here that I need to hear, right? That's number one. But then number two is, even if they're in the wrong and they're not right, my response is, hey, I, I need to love this person. Yeah. I can't, I can't look at this person and go, oh, what a jerk and, and walk away from it. And it's really cool to see that Moses doesn't grab onto, he, he talks about the hardships, but he doesn't live in that negativity of, well, these people are just stiff necked mm -hmm. and they're, you know, and they're, and they're this and they're that. That's not what he's living in. He's telling Jethro about all these good things. And a lot of times we need to live in that. We need to live in the good things that God is doing mm -hmm. through the people around us. In verse nine, Jethro was delighted to hear about all the good things the Lord had done for Israel and rescuing them from the hand of the Egyptians. He said, praise be to the Lord who rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians and of Pharaoh and who rescued the people from the hand of the Egyptians. How, why, why did that? Who rescued you from the hand of the Egyptians and of Pharaoh and who rescued the people. Ah, so he's making, he rescued you, Moses, and he rescued the people as well. Now I know that the Lord is greater than all other gods, for he did this to those who had treated Israel arrogantly. Now, why did God deal with Pharaoh the way he did? What was the reasoning? Do you remember? I don't remember. So Pharaoh's, God's looking at it and he's telling Moses, he's saying, I'm going to deal with this so everyone oh, yeah, yeah, knows, yeah. Okay. right? And that's what J Jethro just says. Now I know because of how God dealt with you and, and with the people and with, and Rahab's going to say the down same the thing down the yeah. road. And, and this is going to be years, this is going to be 30 years later. Tell me again that God doesn't care about people. Mm. These aren't, this isn't Israel. You know, when you have things going on in our society like we have right now, it seems like that God's got, turned around, walked away, and went on vacation. Mm. Is what it seems like to a lot of people. Sure. You know, how, could, how could a loving God allow this to happen? Yeah. You know, well, I don't know. I have no idea. I, I don't know. I, I can't answer you because I don't know. I'm not God. I know what God tells me to do. Keep doing what I, what I commanded you to do, no matter what happens around you. That's what Moses is trying to do here. You don't keep doing, and Jethro is going to be there to remind him. You know, as I, we read I, on. I always, I, I always love that argument, right? How can we allow? How could a loving God allow allow this evil to occur? And it's almost I want to stop and go. Would you prefer He made us robots with no decisions well, a loving to make? God, no a loving God who who rewards right mm -hmm. and rewards good and rewards uh, His people has got to punish, and and there has to be evil. There has to be. A loving God, he has, there has to be, you know, and so I'm not saying a loving God, you know, doesn't, doesn't create evil or anything like that because he doesn't, that's not what he does, mm -hmm. but evil people are going to be out there. Well, and he's patient. What is he patient with? He's patient with evil and disobedient people. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they're all made in the image of God. Absolutely. But God, God isn't forcing anybody to do anything here. Mm -hmm. They're making decisions. It is still free will. What we're, what we need to understand is God is going to be glorified despite the decisions they made. Yeah. The question is whether we're going to stand firm with him or if we're going to do exactly what you, you pointed out, which is, oh, see, God doesn't know what he's doing. Mm -hmm. well, uh, God knows what he's doing. 
the the nations of the world will learn. Mm -hmm. It's just on his timetable, not mine. Yeah. So now I know that the Lord is greater than all other gods, for he did this to those who had treated Israel arrogantly. <laughs> and Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering and other sacrifices to God. And Aaron came with all the elders of Israel to eat a meal with Moses, uh, Moses' father-in-law, in the presence of God. So this is, he is not an Israelite. No. And they're doing all this stuff, mm -hmm. right? So in verse 13, the next day Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people. And they stood around him from morning till evening. When his father, whoa, 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 whoa. The next day, Moses took his seat to serve as judge for the people. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they stood around him from morning till evening. That's exhausting. <laughs> That's exhausting. I mean, look, I, I have, like today, I'm thinking about my day-to-day. -day. I've got like three or four studies mm -hmm. and then a Bible class. Uh, tomorrow is the same. I don't have a Bible class, but I've got like three or four studies. Um that's exact and that's that's not even all day that's like the latter half of the day is like that i think from like i do this and then like three o'clock it ramps up and it goes from three all the way yeah. to the end of the day right so till like seven eight o'clock all right this is from morning till evening evening he's doing this mm -hmm. that's not good that's if you're doing that every day i mean i've got two days of the week that are really like so I start at 7 and it ends at 8, mm -hmm. you know, 8 p.m., right? Mm -hmm. So I've got about two days of the week that it's really like that all, all day. Mm -hmm. um, if that's every single day, you're going to burn out. That's not that's not a good thing. And it's interesting because Jethro says that in verse 14, when his father-in-law saw all that Moses was doing for the people, he said, what is it that you're doing for the people? Why do you alone sit as judge while all, while all these people stand around you from morning till evening? Moses answered, because it all depends on me. That's what he says. Well, he said, it all depends on me to seek God's will. But that's not true. Well, but but the, his perception, their perception is, God speaks through this guy, so we're coming to him to get the message from God. But to, but God wants to... I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just telling you, that's perception they but have. But it's easy to have that perception. They, they have the it? same thing today. It's so easy, isn't it? Well, they, you know, they come to us for, you know, they come to elderships for, for all this stuff. We want a shepherd. We don't want, I don't care what color you paint in the walk. Care less. I don't mm -hmm. care. You know, I don't need to deal with all of that nonsense. You know, it's been, a, it's been hard to try to get people to understand that here. That because the eldership for a long time has been administrated everything. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if one or the other of an elder didn't have his hand on the pulse, it couldn't get done. I don't want to do that. We don't want to do that anymore. There's four of us. We don't want to do that. That's not what we want. I don't want to know what you're doing about the about the uh, the 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 this or that in the building. I don't care. I don't care. You know when when uh, well you know as I, I, that's why we need to get through this because I got a lot to say. We got to get to the text though. You know. <laughs> so. Okay. So Moses' father replied, "What are you doing? It's not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out." The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. And it's so easy to get into that mindset. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to think that it does all depend mm -hmm. on us and mm -hmm. allow people to convince us of that or people to, to just put those expectations on you. Verse 19, listen now to me and I will give you some advice and may God be with you. You must be the people's representative before God and bring their disputes to him. Teach them his decrees and instructions and show them the way they are to live and how they are to behave. But select capable men from all the people, men who fear God, trustworthy men who hate dishonest gain, and appoint them as officials over thousands, 
hundreds, fifties, and tens. Have them serve as judges for the people at all times. But have them bring every difficult case to you. The simple cases, they can decide themselves. That will make your load lighter because they will share it with you. If you do this, and God so commands, wow, that's a that's an important, mm -hmm. that's very important there. If you do this, and God so commands, is God on board with this? It's not just about, hey, yeah. I'm going to go do this mm -hmm. thing. Is God on board with doing things this way? You will be able to stand the strain, and all these people will go home satisfied. Acts chapter 6. They bring a problem to the apostles. Well, our families and our, and our old ladies ain't getting fed. And he said, what's that to us? You know, we don't do this. Go appoint for yourself some men. That's where we get the first inkling of, of special servants called right. deacons. Okay, we call them deacons. And, and we get that. And what was it for? He said, it should not right for us to be waiting tables. You know, and I'm looking at this, I'm going... You know, it works the same way in an eldership. You know, I mean, you know, it's it's when you have four or five guys or two or three guys or whatever, I've seen guys, you know, just they couldn't, ha you can't handle it. You can't do. When you get a place this size, there's two million people here. How many disputes do you think they're going to have? How many disputes do you think they're going to have in a place like this? You know, we, sometimes the dispute is ongoing. You can't get it fixed, you know. We've got one going on right now. You can't get it fixed. I just got another email, a text last night. You know, you don't, it doesn't fix itself overnight. Sometimes you, you're in it. And that's what people understand. You know, I mean, it, I know I can't judge your family because I'm not in your house. I don't know what's going on in your house. I know what went on in my house. You know, I mean, you don't have any idea what this eldership does. I've had people criticize me. And other people in the eldership, I'm going, you don't have any idea what we're doing. You have no clue. You know, they say, well, what about this person? I said, we're handling it. We got this. You do. We've known about it for months. What do you think? We're sitting on our thumbs? You know, and, and Moses is looking at this and he said, you know, he, they're right. I need some help. And he's going to get this help and it's going to and it's going to work well. You know, do the card stuff. When a deacon comes to me and said, says, uh, you know, I want to know what, what you think about us doing this on the wall stuff. I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. Whose soul does it have anything to do with? Tell me which soul and I'll go deal with that. I don't care, you know, any about that. Well, and so much of this, you know, the, we're, we're almost, so this is interesting because it happens right before Mount Sinai, mm -hmm. right? Okay, so Mount Sinai is a big deal. It's a big deal. We're going to start seeing the garden replayed yep. at Mount Sinai. Mm -hmm. And so what, what was it in the garden? God worked with men. He didn't appoint any one person to no, rule. No. All man was created in the image of God with the intent of ruling, working with him mm -hmm. in creation. Mm -hmm. We're starting to see an inkling of that right before we get back into a, a, a garden, a, a garden type, if you will, mm -hmm. at Mount Sinai. Mm -hmm. And so the people are being called, take up the work. This isn't about one person doing all the work or a, even three or four people doing all the work. Everyone can be involved in this work. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. You find out that maybe that person isn't who you thought they were and, they, and they've got some serious flaws that you've got to deal with and so they can't be a part of the work. You know, And the only thing the rest of the people may see is, well, why did you do that? You know, who, who said, who told you to do that? I mean, don't you know this person? It hurt this. You kidding? You don't know what I know. 
you know, Moses and these leaders and these people doing these, this, this judging, these disputes, they're going to know more about the situation. Yeah. They're not going to know what God knows. But if they're godly people, their mindset, if, if I'm a godly man and you're a godly man, am I not going to be striving to lead my family or anyone I'm leading towards God? Well, I mean, of course. Well, you know, then then trust that that's what the leadership and that's, is doing. And that's really what it boils down to. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of tension when we start talking about, you know, are we going to trust what those men, the men that God has placed in this role, are we going to trust them to do the right thing? And a lot of times the answer is no. And especially in this individualistic culture in which we live, nobody can do as good of a job as I can. Yeah. And that's the mindset. Yeah. And that's unfortunate. That's very unfortunate. Because it's wrong. It is wrong. Yeah. You know, we found out when wrong. Roy when Roy died, Roy was a great man. He was a great man. And I loved him to death. He was a great mentor to me. And he was and it was a it was a challenge uh to be around him because he challenged you. He made you think. He made you he made you go outside yourself. He he just did. And he did it by example. He didn't do it by by beating you over the head. He just did it by example. He he showed you what it looked like to be a positive, influential person in the church. And then he died. Bam. Gone. One day he was here. One minute he was here. Next minute he was gone. He's gone. Now what? You know what we learned? Hmm. That God's in control. Because nobody's indispensable. The church moved on. It, it, it does. You know, I'm not indispensable. You're not indispensable. Right. The church moves on. It, because here God's in charge. He's using Moses and he uses Jethro here to say, Moses, wake up. What you're doing is not good. Not going to do it good for your health. And you need it. So he does it. And it's going to turn out good. It's going to turn out okay. And I'm sure they're going to have some judges here that are not going to do what they need to do. And, and Moses going to have to go and say, hey, you know, wait a minute. You know, we got, you, you need to go back into the community and, and grow up a little bit. You know, that's the way it works. That is the way it works. Because men are going to pick them. And many times they're not going to let God pick them. They're going to pick up themselves. And that's just what happens. And, and you know, I think we take the text like this and we look at it from, from all different perspectives. We look at it from a, a husband's perspective, a wife's perspective, and say, how am I leading? And, it, and it, it's overwhelming for me. And do I need to get my mother-in-law or my father-in-law? Or do I, need to get, do I need to get Cole or Dan? Or do I need to get somebody involved? Just praying for me could be enough to get me over that hump where it's not so intrusive in my life you know not only that but you know if you guys you guys have been watching the interviews you know one of the things that uh amy tustin pointed out was we need to stop being so busy yeah you know yeah. we need to stop filling our days with things um that's extremely difficult to do and it's, Cole. oh i i i know i know I've been, if you've been doing this i know i yeah. know if you're look if you are a if you are a get up early in the morning and go out there and take names and that's who you've been all your life it's very difficult it's very difficult to slow down. I had to tell you today, I can't be a part of the study you and I are part of today because of, of yeah. X reasons. Well, those reasons are important to me. I know. The study's important to me too. And I can remember a time when I just, I wouldn't say, no, I'm going to do it. It didn't matter what. And, and I'm, and you know, it's, it's okay. Uh, it's okay. But that's, it won't that's be, the it point. won't be permanent. It'd be just be, you know, for today. So the point, the point though, isn't that, you know, we need to slow down, the, sl slow down so we can do more. The point is, you can't do everything, so slow down. I was just talking to my wife the other day about a class that we're talking about starting here, and I'm like, well, I don't know, I don't know if, if, if it's going to get started or not. Maybe I just need to step in and do it. My wife looked at me, and she said, and when are you going to do that exactly? Yeah. I'm like, well, okay. 
So I just need to be patient. I need to pray about it. I need to be patient. That needs to be the response. And it's so easy to feel like, oh, we're doing so much. I mean, if your life is filled, church, if you filled your life with bad things, right? You know, all these things that aren't God, you know, whatever those things may be. Yep. That yeah, you need to you need to slow down, and those things need to go away. Well, you need to stop those things, and you yeah. need to start eliminating them, so they you can have to room out. to do things for God. But at the same to- on the same token, if you're already filling your plate with things, mm-hmm. we've got a lot of members here. I had a member the other day tell me, "I feel like we're doing too much. We've got too much going on mm-hmm. all year." And my response to that was, "Well, this is stuff we've been doing for years. It's just you've never looked at it all together, yeah. right?" But if you're if you're volunteering at the church, if you're serving and you feel like you've got too much on your plate, maybe you do need to step back. Maybe you do need to focus on one thing and do that one thing well. Maybe that's what needs to happen. You know, what ends up happening here, and we don't have to read it, but what happens here is that Moses took his advice. He did. He appointed judges, and they and they handled the easy stuff. They handled some of the less intrusive stuff. And Moses still handled the tough things, the things that, that maybe only a certain kind of leader could handle. Uh, you know, but, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's really, it's really apparent that this is applicable to all of us. It really is. And I think we need to, we needed to, it was hard to do a whole text, you know, at the, cause there was a couple of times we could have cut it off, but I, I told you before we started, we got to do this whole chapter. Yeah. The whole chapter has to be done because there's so much here that I think that applies. If you're a Christian, you're walking in with Christ understand that sometimes it's going to get really busy and really hectic and maybe you need to step back just a minute and say you take a breath just take a breath and you know and say you know it's really hard for some of us to say no and sometimes you have to learn how to say no yep i can't go i'm sorry look trust me the church doesn't depend on you it doesn't depend on me it It depends depends on on christ it depends on christ let's pray father in heaven thank you so much for this text it truly is a, an awesome text for someone who's in leadership, someone who wants to be in leadership, someone who is is looking at the work and saying, you know, and have gotten themselves to a place where they say, you know, I'm just tired and wore out. Uh, Father, it's a, it's a great place to be, but it can be taxing at times. And I pray, Father, that you help us to learn from Moses and from Jethro and learn that so that we can not, maybe not fill our, stu- our lives with so much stuff, but fill it with quality things that we can do well. Father, help us to learn how to do that. And for those of us who are in leadership, help us to watch for those people who may be getting to that point where Moses got to. Just thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you so much that Jesus gives us this opportunity to be in a right relationship with you and to have the opportunity to serve in this way. We thank you so much, Father. And it's in his name and by his authority we pray. Amen. Amen.